You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Got to ask, Joe, how about those Milwaukee Bucks? I, I hear they play basketball, and I hear they're pretty good. <laughs> and that's about all I've got. <laughs> I hear they're only the defending NBA champions going toe-to-toe with a very good Boston Celtics. In any case, this show, unlike last week's show, will not be about the NBA. We're going to talk some CFL because joining us today is Tim Kapper of what is, for obvious reasons, one of my favorite CFL podcasts, the Alouette's Flight Deck. Tim, I would say, how about those Montreal Canadiens? But, well, you know. So, um... Eh. <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing good. Waiting one more week. One more week. If everything goes according to plan with when it comes to this, the CBA, one more week until everybody can go watch... Well, if you want to watch rookie camp, watch rookie camp. And if not, then wait till the 15th and that's when the vets, the vets show up. So can't wait. Are you, are you not going to the rookie camp? Can't no with the, with the, with me being in Montreal and uh, training camp being in a uh, it's like an hour and a half from Montreal. So it's a little bit tough when you're working. <laughs> so if it had been at, at a personal Molson, like it was uh, two years ago when it was open to the public. Yeah, I, I, I did that. I mean, because I work on campus at McGill, so I was able to just walk Ooh. over, you know, jaunt over at, at lunchtime and watch one of the uh, one of the practices. So, but no, not this year. We'll be we'll be heading up to up to Three Rivers to when it opens. Okay, cool. Uh, well, we wanted you on the show today because uh, you know just to talk some draft, uh, primarily about the Montreal Alouettes, but not exclusively because of big moves that they made on draft day. Um, that really is the main topic of conversation around the league today, I would say. It's a great excuse to talk about the Alouettes, who ended up with the number one overall pick and eventually the number nine overall pick. But I'd like to ask you, Tim, mm-hmm. uh, how much do you know about the draft going in? Um, what do you do after the draft? Like, do you do the research? Do you watch the videos? I do, um, et cetera, et cetera. I, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I saw some of the lists and I knew where the owls were, were, were going to be picking, but I, you know, I'll give all props to my co-host, uh, Cliffy D because he's, he's really the, you know, I, I, I said on the podcast, he's really the, the guy who is the, uh, he, who really pays much more attention to, you know, the the lists of where the players are ranked and stuff like that before the draft and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I try to keep track of it if possible. But, you know, to me, I'm the type of guy, okay, if our GM or our head coach think it's that person needs to be chosen and picked, hey, I, wh- wh- why am I, you know, why me as a fan am going to complain, you know? So <laughs> do what you need to do. Get us the win. Get us to the Grey Cup which we really need to get to. <laughs> I don't think you'll have any argument from Oz on that. No, no. We all can't You're be right. Winnipeg fans, Joe. <laughs> no, no. I, I, waited, I waited a decent amount of time. 
not 30 years, but about half. No, no. But, but you know what? I, I really shouldn't speak because technically, yes, we did win back to back too. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, you know, 10, 10 years ago, but yeah, whatever it, it is what it is. Well, you, you know, you complain about the draft. So, so as to have the power, the imagined power, of, you know, a high school teacher or whatever, so you can give a grade, right? That's the yeah. big thing, right? Oh, the Patriots got like a C minus, D plus this year. It's like, how do you know? How do you know Nostradamus? But in any case, it's it's fun to speculate after the draft, I think, because, you know, then at least you have some clips, you know, you have the hype, mm-hmm. whatever, and you can imagine it with your team. Or whatever. So I, I'm kind of the same way. Do you follow um, any other levels of football? Do you follow American college football? Do you follow? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow. I follow. I follow really all. I follow NFL. I follow NCAA. I follow indoor. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're yeah. a really good. Um, U sports. Do you watch the Canadian uh, college? I, if it's on, if it's on TV, I will. I will admit. I mean, I have. Wow, I have three teams, three U sports teams around me, and I've not seen a game in who knows how long. Not even McGill? <laughs> no, no, that's no, I've, I've not seen It's McGill, Concordia, and uh, UDM. Uh-huh. And to actually, to, no, yeah, Sherbrooke's, you know, Sherbrooke's down the way. But no, I, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been to a game, and I'm not that far from either of those two stadiums. Actually, all three. Yeah. So... I'll watch it on TV. I'll watch it on TV, whether t- TV or, or whatever English network is picking it up now. Yeah, no shame. I, I watch very little other football these days other than the CFL and the NFL. Um, there's just so so little time for all these great sports in any case. Okay, so quick recap. I'm sure everybody knows that's listening to this, but for my sake, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, before the draft, Chris Jones, Chris Jones, the whole bunch, uh, ended up, ended up getting the Elks, the number four and the number eight overall picks. He swapped a couple of Canadian players. Let's see. I've got Kyle Saxelet and Grant McDonald. He got the rights to offensive lineman Carter O'Donnell from, from us. Uh, he's been on the practice squad with Indianapolis for a couple of years. He's trading picks in the global draft. That was a first. And in a, <laughs> in any case, the Alouettes end up with the number one overall pick. Now, I had the question for Joe. I'm going to go to you first because you know a lot about, you know, football sim games, about football board games. Does Chris Jones believe he's playing a tabletop football game here? Uh, he might be playing more like uh, front office football or football right. mogul or something like right. that. Uh, right. he, seems to, he seems to enjoy making moves even sometimes it feels like he's making moves for the sake of moves but i mean you look at the track record it's clear he knows what he's doing when it comes to it it just takes a while for the picture to develop as long as you pick up on three rings or less (laughs) (laughs) right okay so uh tim why don't you tell me something about Mr. Versatility, Tyrell Richards of Syracuse University, number one overall pick by the Montreal Alouettes. Well, a big surprise in itself. I mean, first and foremost, for the Alouettes, I'm sure you guys can think about this, to have a nine-team league and for the Alouettes, obviously, it depends on how well you're doing in the standings and stuff like that. But the, even though they traded for it, this is the first time the Alouettes have had a first-round draft pick since 1972 
which is crazy. Whoa, whoa. First round? First overall. Oh, okay. Number sorry, one. sorry. Yeah. Sorry to correction. I, yeah. They haven't had a first round pick <laughs> since 2019. Thank you, Johnny Menzel. Um, but yeah, yeah, they haven't had a, they haven't been an overall number one pick since 1972. And that they picked, they picked wow. Larry Smith that day, by the way. So, wow. yeah. So, but uh, I, you know, I think the guy for Danny Machocha to necessarily need this guy, I, you know, cause the Alowitz did release a, I think it was a behind the scenes on how they did the, the, the uh, picking him up uh, and stuff like that. I mean, it's, yeah, this, you know, I, I think, I think that Richardson had not, I think he was not played in a couple of years. I'm not mistaken for some particular reason. He's stopped playing football and, and they still want him cause he's in, he's in shape. So, and you know what? We kind of need a defensive guy anyways. And by the sound of it for him to pick number one, Unlike in other years, like in the last draft in 2020, like for most what most teams did, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be a starter this year. And he's a Canadian, so that's a huge ratio thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, the thing was is that he was just projected to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter who was picking him, right? So it was that weird situation where in the CFL draft you have an unquestioned number one pick, at right. least for these two teams involved <laughs> that we know of. Um, and I don't think anybody else is planning on him still being on the board after number one. So, okay. So actually I'm glad you brought this up because for a long time, everybody was reporting that he hasn't played. He didn't play in 2021 and I couldn't find why I couldn't find it. Syracuse. Nope. Nobody knows. I couldn't find here, but no, TSN finally did a story. Oh, did they? Okay. Put it in a story that, okay, get this. This is insane. Okay, so he enters the transfer portal, right? And you can understand why. In 2020, as a junior, he got three starts. The team went one in 10 with a new head coach. So you can see why he'd want to transfer. But he wasn't able to move because he didn't have enough transferable academic credits. Can you freaking imagine? So... He sat because of this and apparently just worked out a lot. Um, if you've watched his highlight clips, you can see why he participated in all three drills uh, at the combine, which they made a very big deal about. You know, they had him doing uh, the uh, secondary drills as well as the line drills and the, <clears throat> and the linebacking drills. Um, and you know, apparently did really well in all of them. And you can see why if you look at his clips from Syracuse. I mean, he's basically... It's almost like a four six, mm-hmm. where he's almost playing like a slot back off of the off of the defensive line, and it's just like constantly rushing that passer. So there's a lot. Of, there's some skills here. There's some skills here, and it's going to be really interesting to see. What, I mean, because he could he could play any of those positions mm-hmm. uh, in the CFL. Uh, it's going to be. I, I'm interested. I, I, I'm. Hoping to to get results from. Terrell. Isn't this really a if you guys think about it a really a, a big CFL thing? Unlike unless it's like you know the third tier football or or alphabet league indoor football where you can be out two years and you can still become a number one draft pick in the CFL. <laughs> you know, but most, well, they've worked out. Some of them work. Hey, could be worse. At least they didn't. I know this is you know at least they didn't draft a dead guy again. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the, and the other thing too is that this dude has three starts. You know, and that's one thing that you are starting to see in, in leagues like the NFL and even to some extent the NBA is you'll take a guy like uh, the number one overall pick last year, uh, Trevor Lawrence. He had something like, what, 13 college starts, like at all in his career. That's not many, you know, to be instantly installed as a starter, you know, at quarterback in the NFL. You know, So I that's starting to happen. That's starting to happen where guys with very few games uh, are all of a sudden, you know, are lottery pick in the NBA or a number, you know, top five pick in the NFL, CFL, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's starting to happen. I, Gosh, we have I, even, st- I even remember one time way back when, uh, like mid 90s, the Packers used a seventh round pick on a USC quarterback that was the backup. And the starter didn't get drafted because the backup projected to be have more of a skill set uh no it turns out but <laughs> projecting skill sets is still an uh not, not an exact science yeah drafting is not an exact science i was just gonna say uh, right okay so when the dust settled uh at number eight the Elks ended up taking Trey Ford out of Waterloo. Now, Ford was last year's uh, head crate trophy winner. Uh, for those that don't know, given to the top offensive player in U sports, um, the Elks already have three viable seeming quarterbacks, or at least three guys who, who it was implied would be given a shot at that starting job. Why are they making this pick? Anybody want a shot at this one? Well, they don't have they don't have anybody locked in as a quarterback. There's also the rule out there now that you can have two guys listed as quarterbacks on your roster on the field at the same time. And Chris Jones likes to experiment, which kind of makes me wonder why he didn't take Richards because you know, you know he could play him defensive line, yeah. Sam, and yeah. safety in the same drive if he felt like it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I could. This is easily something where you could see Chris Jones finding a way to make to put two guys on the field that have the threat to throw the ball, or you just have another another guy in there with a quarterback skill set to compete for that number one job because nobody's got a lock on that thing at all. So why not put another hat in the ring and see what you get? And then one of them becomes an asset if all four of them are viable. Or somebody Absolutely. doesn't get out of camp. Right. Look wow. what, I mean, I know it wasn't Jones who did it, but look what the Elks did with the Arbuckle. Well, or rather what they didn't mm. do. <laughs> right. You know, right. especially where they traded for him, picked him up, and they didn't start him. It made no sense. Maybe Jones is Jones. As I said, he's, he's the wild card. You know, Elks colors are, are, uh, are green and gold, but he'll be wearing his trademark black. <laughs> On the sideline, yeah. so yeah, 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 yeah. Joe and I were talking about this beforehand. This feels like the beginning of the revolving door this season. I mean, again, it's going to feel a lot like the sixteen riders. I want to say where you have, and I'm not even going to make the pre-practice squad joke that you could easily make here. But it's going to be a year where you're going to have three or four roster changes a week. Just him trying to find the right pieces to fit. So this year, I don't see a lot of success happening, but he's going to find those pieces, and the next year, they're going to surprise people. 
Yeah, I right. would be surprised. I would be surprised. Okay. So rewinding again a couple of days. So after the Elks Alouette trade for the number one, then the bombers get in on the phone. They trade number nine and number 18 for the Alouette's number 13 overall. And Canadian defensive tackle Cameron Lawson, who was a top draft pick in 2020 mm-hmm. and only played like uh, only, I think he only played like four games last year. Am I correct on that? I think it was, th- I think he made it into three. I wow. could be wrong, but okay. either way, he, he couldn't crack the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I mean, a good example is Christian Matt. You know, he, considering when he was drafted, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he he did his dues. He did what he needed to do. And now look, look where he is today. But I guess in this, this day and age of football, there's always somebody better. And mm-hmm. I guess they felt that he was expendable. And I think it worked out well for the Owls. So far, let's, you know, let's see what happens, yeah. in, camp. Let's see what yeah. happens in camp. Yeah. We can talk about the number nine overall pick in just a moment, but I did like the Bombers want to get Joe in on the fun here. <laughs> so at the number 13 overall, the Bombers took defensive back to Ford, who is brother of Trey Ford. And wow, Rod Black would have had a field day with that. I, I'm sure he's disappointed not to be in the league to comment on that. Joe, um, what are your thoughts on Terrell Ford? It, it, it's nice for the Bombers to be in a situation where they don't have a pressing need that they need to go fill with their Canadian talent so that they could sit there in the middle of the second round and go, this guy was projected to be a first rounder and he's still here. We don't have any real huge gaping holes, so we'll take him. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. Uh, that they have him, they don't have Brandon Alexander for quite a at least the first part of the year because of a knee injury. Uh, So they were playing five Americans in the secondary last year. If they decide to go four and one, they don't really have anybody to plug into that safety spot yet. So if Ford's good enough, he could go there or he could be depth in that secondary. Uh, Just depends on what they end up doing. And also by getting Lawson and some of their later picks, it's clear that they're trying to build up their defensive line depth either to make sure that uh, Jake Thomas's position uh, gets, he gets rotated out more often this next year because he's not getting any younger or they might be thinking about going to defensive two Canadian defensive tackles at times too. So it'd be interesting to see what they end up doing uh, with all the defensive tackle talent they have in camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Is it- just another plus for Winnipeg. This is really what the league needed. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page about that. I think that's a net negative for the league, a net positive for the uh, Bombers. Uh, number nine, the Alouettes got uh, Tyson Philpott. Now, Tyson is from BC. He played for Calgary. Calgary Dinos in college, and now he comes to Montreal. So nice little coast-to-coast trip for him. Uh, he had some pretty nice numbers with the Dinos last year: forty-one catches for seven forty-six yards and nine touchdowns through only six games. So pretty impressive there. And there's a there's a nice video uh, highlight clip of him online, but there's no music 
behind it. So, so be sure and put something on when you watch it. He was actually running the ball a little bit too uh, for the Dinos, it looked like. Um, just judge it, judging from the one highlight clip, he's definitely got that uh, corner of the end zone catch master that everybody likes to throw so much nowadays. No other great uh, takeaways for me, but I did want to ask you, Tim, is whether you think your guest of the week this week on your own show, Hergi Mayala, will uh, fear this competition from Phil Thought on the depth chart this year. Well, I think, I think, and by the way, you were talking about Rod Black before. You don't think he would have drooled about having both the Philpott brothers in the league, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? yeah, so. no, did you know that he's the brother of... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Be awesome. And he probably would have been assigned to the to the Calgary uh, to the Calgary Alouettes game in week one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they all would have said it the in infinitum. Yeah, so, yeah, they always seem to have. But on the, Alouettes game. the Owls, the Owls, you know, having Herty Mayala, having Rayshon Simon, eyes people forget about him too because he was on right. the roster last year. Uh, uh, Julian Grant also, I mean, but and, and considering how stacked the Alouettes are at wide receiver and and. It's an interesting pick, um, but I, you know, I have, I have nothing wrong with it because you know, great Canadian talent can be hard to find sometimes. And if this, this guy can go off, you know, and if he can get into even as a backup role to start, he may get his receptions. He may actually prove something. So I mean, it's hey, I'm I have no problem with it. But the thing is, just cracking the lineup. That's the main thing. I mean, I, he may have a slight edge. On Rayshon Simon eyes, um, it, it, it's going to be tough. We'll see what he does in camp. Let's see what else they make him do in camp. Let's put it that way, because I'm sure he'll do his like everybody else. They do. They he'll probably do special teams too, just to start. But I'm sure I'm sure he'll get in there though. He'll be a, a number a number two, I think a number two or number three on the depth chart. I'm uh, I'm glad you brought up the other uh, members of the receiving core because I wanted to ask you how you like this receiving core for the Alouettes for this upcoming season. And because I ask every guest, some variation of this, it seems like, is this finally that season for Vernon? Uh, well, first the, the wide receiving core, we're stacked again, but then again, yeah. I'm sure everybody, every, every other team in the league thinks they're stacked also, but I mean, it's, you can't, I mean, you can't really argue. You know, we still have Gino. We still have Jake. We still, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, you also got, uh, Ridge White Jr. I mean, and he, because BJ Cunningham went down, he, he got his spot. I mean, people need to remember that he came off, not the Alouette's practice roster, but last year, the, the CFL's COVID practice roster. <laughs> so they also got to go. Wally pimped him. Yes. <laughs> But but they got I don't know man I mean it's it will be up to VA and whoever the backup's going to be. Um, I always say you know I understand that Trevor Harris was brought back. I don't know why, but maybe it's <laughs> to give. I mean Vernon seems to be one hundred percent, and he's you know it's already asked. I think somebody asked in the uh, the league press call the other day for, for the Alouettes, you know, how he was, I think it was her Jokowski, the Montreal Gazette. And it, Danny was saying, Danny Matrich was saying, as long as he's cleared, he seems to be good. As long as he's cleared, 
people need to remember too, it's not his throwing arm. So it'll be a big year for VA. It'll be which VA will it be? Will it be first year VA with starter? Or will it be last year? Because he's not a, it's not his second, you know, it's not his second season now. It's his third season. He's starting his he's starting his uh his junior year, so to speak. So I mean it's we'll see. I have faith in Vernon. I'm a VA guy. I'm a VA guy. Well, I mean, he's definitely the most exciting player in the CFL right now. It's he's just, one of, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if I can take that level of excitement kind of thing. You know, it's like it's like when the gunslinger is your quarterback. I mean, you feel good most of the time, but some of the time it's like, no, I mean, I well, Joe knows it, nothing about Cliff and I were calling him Jekyll and Hyde VA. That's what he was like yeah, last year. Right. 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 You know, Hyde, yeah. uh, Hyde needs to, to be around more often this year rather than Jekyll. High, high ceiling, low floor. Maybe well, st- stop the fourth quarter picks. You know? <laughs> well, gunslingers got to sling guns, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, I, I just, you know, he, you, he can't deny his nature. And he does want to do the gunslinger macho stuff, right? But again, like, like you said, not in the fourth quarter show some restraint show some so yeah i just i just want a full season of mostly good vernon adams that's that's really i'll take what a I 2020 i'll take a tw- i'll take a 2019 vernon again for sure, sure. sure. he was exciting sure. yeah yeah it was great fun great fun and it's been a long time since we've had a real stable force of quarterback there in montreal eh? that's the thing too it's mm-hmm. the question is who's going to end up being the backup and who's going to be on the practice roster Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. will the Owls keep Trevor Harris, especially with the money that's behind him? Or, or will the old Dominic Davis show up? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Camp, I'm glad we're having camp this year. We actually get, <laughs> yeah. to see how, get to see them play and see how well or how poor they do, because yeah. I'm sure that'll determine if, new thing. If, who, who stays and who goes. New thing. It feels like a new thing. This whole camp thing. Crazy. Yeah. Wacky. Um, all right, Joe, do you got anything uh, for Tim? Uh, yeah. So uh, I've been told uh, very forcefully, actually, by <laughs> my wife, since we're making our first trip to Montreal this year, uh, she had she asked me, A, first, uh, is there one place that you would recommend going and seeing? Okay. And then secondly, one restaurant that you would recommend going and seeing we're staying we're staying walking distance from mcgill if that helps uh, oh, that's from, good. oh yeah, yeah you're in the heart of downtown yes um one place to see, well what i'll ask you this joe what do you not like going to go see <laughs> uh, just just take <laughs> take a shot take a shot well, what, I, I what, what is one. the most montreal thing i can go see uh, the, the lookout if you haven't been already, the lookout. Okay, the lookout. The main, the main, the one that overlooks the city. You're if you're downtown, you're within walking distance of the of the peel of the peel staircase, and walking up to to the Mount Royal lookout. Peel staircase, Mount Royal lookout. Yeah, right, right near. Perfect. Right near, that's right exact, near the stadium. That's one of those things that you probably just you know you check the guides, you see things like that. But mm-hmm. Having somebody on the ground that knows what they're talking about is huge. So just just be prepared help. to walk up a quite a few stairs <laughs> it is awesome it is awesome yeah. 
that is great. Okay. There, I mean, I mean, there are there other places. I mean, it's but considering where you're going to be located, I, I would probably suggest that. Okay, I would suggest that. I mean, you have then, other stuff around you, like the Montreal, the art museum, and stuff like that. But yep, and old Montreal's on our list for sure too. So yeah, we're, we've yeah, got a Montreal's few days. Fun. We got Montreal's a few days, fun. few things in mind, but we wanted to ask somebody that would know. Um, I guess food? the other th- food. Let's yeah, hear about the food. <laughs> oh, there's so many places. <laughs> And you're in the near the downtown core. I mean, it's actually you're not that far from Saint Laurent either. Um, wow, that that actually that's a, that is a tough one. Actually, <laughs> I mean, how's your palate? What I mean, my, are, my, are, my are, you the, are, are you picky? Are you picky eater? I'm picky as hell. But okay, I, you're, but you're to like give, me. but to give my but but to be fair. Uh, I'd give something a shot if my, my wife could have something really interesting. Yeah. But I would say if you haven't tried r- real poutine, you, <laughs> you got to try a place that has real poutine. That's on my list. Yes. Yeah. Because there is a, oh, what's the name of the place? I think it's, I think it's called Le, uh, Le Banquier. I think that's the name of it. They have a whole slew of stuff when it comes to um, poutine and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Uh, Thank you. You like smoke? Well, you like smoke meat? We'll definitely give that a shot too. Yeah, so I'm thinking Schwartz's has got to be on the yeah, list. It's over on. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's over on Saint Laurent. It's over on Saint Laurent. Okay. Yeah. So, that's so. Clear. and I guess the one other question I have is, mm-hmm. where should I sit? <laughs> What's the best place in that stadium for me? If I if oh. I only get to go, if I, I'm hoping I to get to go more than once, but I'm making I'm planning this trip as if I'm never going again. So, uh, I'll be honest. I've never sat on the. I I sit on the side of the stadium that overlooks the mountain. I don't look overlook the city, so I've never actually sat on the other side. So overlooking the mountain is a good idea. Well, I mean, it's would you you overlook the city because the city you've seen it on TV. It's a gorgeous view, but it depends on where you want to sit and or what you want to see. Right. Because I would say if you're worth splurging, I would I would try to get a seat on the on the fifty yard line, you know, five or six rows up if you're able to. Okay, okay. Are you going by yourself, Joe, or is the wife going? The wife's going for sure. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you get a great you get a great view. I mean, I don't know where you like to normally sit. I'm the type of guy I can't stand sitting in the end zones. People love sitting in the end zones. <laughs> I can't stand sitting in the end zone. You know, because why? You know, why? Why do people like sitting in the end zones? It doesn't seem a very fortuitous uh, spot. Well, I'm sure it's price also, but also it's you know we're so used to seeing it on television, going back and forth, and uh, unless you like unless you like the Madden view, and which is basically sitting in the end zones. <laughs> yeah, if I got if I do if I don't spend a lot of money on a ticket, I'm picking the end zone for that reason. It's like I like that view, but if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to get. Midfield. If you get some end zone seats, though, you can get some pretty good ones that are actually not actually they're in the end zone, but they're actually on the on you know on each of the the other two uh, stands at Percival Molson, where you can be in the end zone, still have a great view, and not not spend as much. Okay. So definitely some something to think about. So that's kind of what I was just trying to determine is if there was a definitely a spot to sit that was head and it, shoulders above the rest. You know where where I wouldn't want to sit. Uh, people are gonna think I'm crazy, 
I don't like sitting in the loges because I like being near the fans. Right. I've sat in a loge once. It was nice. Yes, I got there was free food and blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> put me down with the fans every single day. Every that's, where single I wanna, day. that's where I want to be too. So, yeah. All so, right. I think single game tickets must have just opened up. I saw a few teams posted them. So I'll have to do some hardcore. The Owls, last day. time I checked, were on, pre, on, on pre-sale. Last time I checked. But. Okay. Yep. So it'll be a it'll it might be a few days. I saw three or four teams opening up single seat single seats. Oh, they're available. Today. Here you go. They are available. Okay. Must have been today then. Yeah. Okay. Tickets well, starting at twenty seven bucks. Not bad at all. <laughs> sort sort of along that same line. In your opinion, how is Alloyd's fan these days? Are they going to sell out this year? I, no, I don't. We're not at that point. Mm-hmm. I think we need we need to have another another good year. I you know especially you know COVID took a huge hit out of all teams of course. last year. Yep. You know even even when we talked with uh, Otherwood's president Mario Ciccini on our season season six finale last year, I asked him and he said point blank yes. You know the, the vaccine passport caused issues with people not coming into the stadium because yes they weren't vaccinated et cetera et cetera. Et cetera. It being fully opened up now. I mean, I'm sure we'll see we'll see some more people. I know we've had some some positives when it comes to season tickets and stuff like that. I think the team talked about that in the off season. Um, we need to have we're winning again, and I think you know 2019 was a great. It did very well. Last year was a kind of a blip. The games were horrible it, when they were scheduled. It, it rained for most of the games last year, or it was cold weather. So with this normal schedule, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I, I want Isles fans to return. To, it's a you know, it's a great atmosphere to, to watch a game. I'm biased, but, <laughs> but I think I'm looking. Great, I'm looking forward to it. It's it'd be city number eight for me, and city number nine will be literally the next day. I'm check. I'm checking all the boxes finally. <laughs> nice. Nice. So where where's your 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 city number nine is going to be? Number nine's Ottawa. We're hopping Ottawa. the train the day after. Nice. <laughs> Ottawa's nice. At least we'll get to do it before they uh, before they destroy the other uh, side uh, the other stands. Yep, yep. I'll be able to see it the way it the way it has been for the last ten years or so. So I'll be able to see it that way. Yeah, that's a great stadium too. Yeah, uh, looking, looking forward to it. Uh, okay, Tim, we'll we'll get you out of here on this. Do you have any uh, way too early outrageous predictions you would like to make about the upcoming season? And just go on the record as looking about foolish this, about the right season. Now. Yeah, about this upcoming CFL season. Um, no offense, Joe. I don't think we're going to have a back to back to back winner. I think we're going to have a new champ. Mm, but then fair. again, you know, if 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 the Bombers pull it off go three straight they're up there in the upper echelons when it comes to starting you know dynasty talking talk of dynasty because not very many teams have won three in a row yep so. and, and then michael just make sure to let me know you still got two more to go <laughs> <laughs> i have um, no worries about that so i think uh i think gina will lead uh gina lewis will lead the league in touchdowns and right. receiving yards oh i like that I still think I still think William Stanbeck will be one of the top tier running backs in the league too. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it's been awesome watching him. So, oh, and 
I, I will say, I will say, I think the Owls will actually advance to the final, to the to the Eastern final, at least. I hope. Okay, to the Eastern final. We, okay. we need it. Yeah, we need it. So I was gonna say, if you're putting them in the Great Cup, mm, that's too early. Almost implying that they win. I'll see you after camp. I'll see you after camp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm trying to get that Al's over bombers in the Great Cup prediction at it, but maybe next time. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim Gaffer of the Alouettes Blank Tech. Thanks a bunch for joining us on the Who's Wet and Blue. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>